Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko. Joining me, as always, is our founder and fearless leader, wearing his lucky robe and nothing else, unfortunately, John Dam Johnston. Hi, John. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? I uh, wish you hadn't flashed me just before we started rolling sound. That was unfortunate. You don't have to tell people that kind of stuff. Well, you shouldn't be flashing me. I, I well, feel it just like, happened. You know, it just happened. Are, are, are I'm you, a lonely man. I'm here all by myself all day long. I talk to customers on the phone. I don't go anywhere. Today I went to Target. Nobody at Target talked to each other. We all looked at each other. You know what I mean? We all just like looked at our shoes. It was really weird. It was as if there was a law against talking to each other. Because I heard that this new guy that's going to take over the country is going to impose martial law or something. But that's a different <laughs> podcast. And I we're all preparing for it by not speaking to each other in public places. Apparently, that's how it goes now, Greg. Well, I just could have done without the flashing, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> joining us uh, is a recurring uh, guest. He's uh, a longtime survivor of John Johnston. We don't know how, uh, but we all, uh, gladly welcome back Todd Wolverton. Hello, Todd. Hi, Greg. How are you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad. I uh, I'm kind of like John. I've uh, I've been my own company pretty much recently. Spent a lot of time on Zoom the last week. Holy moly! Tired of Zoom meetings. And by the way, you know, uh, I have multiple personalities that I can call up and use. I don't know what the hell you do. I was just going to say in this uh, this episode brought to you by Zoom, making this <laughs> recording possible. <laughs> Although we could go to Skype if we wanted to. But for some reason, we all uh, I had not heard of Zoom until about April. And and now now, John, uh, you are a diligent Zoom uh, uh, subscriber and, and giving them money on the monthly and uh, uh give more power to you let me let me have your access sometime so that i can be official i'm too busy using it can you use it sometimes i just zoom people from nowhere just come out of the blue blam zoom ah, how you doing you ever uh, you like pasta i like pasta i feel like something that you would do john is put like a zoom live like your live zoom link on your Tinder profile and just put it out there to the world and just walk around, uh, walk around in your bathrobe like Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Well, when I did, when I went to Target today, I did go into the bathroom stall and I went in and I wrote this note said for a good time called Zoom. This long <laughs> fucking URL. I hope I got it all right. And they're just going to be bouncing in on some sixth graders from Georgia. Well, I was sixth graders from. I said for a good time, call Zoom. Why was sixth graders from Georgia? First of all, I, 
don't know why it'd be sixth graders, and I'm a little concerned. Uh, but why would they be in Minnesota in a target? They're not supposed to be really doing field yeah, trips right now. You're spelling the URL wrong. Oh. And then you get the, the others wrong, and you just go into, like, some guy, you know, a meeting of Antarctic scientists. I don't know. Don't you ever just sit around, get bored, and type in Zoom URLs to see where you go? Didn't know that was a thing, John. Maybe we should just leave this alone and move on. <laughs> and take two, ready. So, uh, how'd you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving? I know it was Thanksgiving probably a little different uh, from in, in years past. Uh, Todd, did, did you have a decent Thanksgiving? Yeah, we had a decent one. Um, it was, certainly was different. We we actually didn't celebrate on Thanksgiving Day. Um we did wait until Black Friday, and it was just my immediate family, my wife and my son, Jace. My daughter, Reagan, and her new husband, Mitch, um, came on up. And so we had Thanksgiving dinner on Friday. But unfortunately, uh, I apparently didn't communicate effectively that there was, in fact, an important event that started at noon. <laughs> so uh, dinner happened to be basically the second and third quarters of that uh football game so i um, i have a question for you Todd. yeah uh your son-in-law's name is mitch so uh, assuming your first uh grandchild is a masculine child are you ever gonna get like mad at him and be like you son of a mitch well i that would be something i could use i could i could try that yeah you were so (laughs) overjoyed with that joke i i I'm going to kill myself. You are so happy with that joke. God. Uh-huh. Have you seen those Geico commercials where you become your father, Greg? Yes. <laughs> those are awesome. books about submarines. <laughs> Greg does. Mute your God, phone. Didn't you, didn't you cook some food on Thursday? Me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. What'd you? How did? How'd that go? Oh my God. Well, first of all, I I do not eat any kind of seafood at all. Um, and my son conned me into you know it was one of those things where I played along, and he decided uh, he wanted to grill octopus. So uh, before we left Ames last week, we picked up two pounds of octopus, which is more octopus than a human being needs and um i can't stand the smell i can't and it just permeated the house because we had to boil it for 45 minutes and then we had to season it and then we took it outside and put it on the grill and um my wife and my son yeah my wife and my son ate octopus on thanksgiving day and i had leftover roast beef that God knows how long it's been in the refrigerator. Um, I shaved off everything that was green, but um, why, why two pounds? Why did you buy two pounds of octopus? Because Jay saw in uh, the recipe that he was looking at, the guy said about a pound a piece is right. You know, if you when you figure out how much you buy, about a pound a piece. So. Oh, God. We because had, uh, when I when I get chicken or beef or something, I always go, yeah, I'll, I'll eat a pound in one sitting. Just a pound sounds a pound of beef. Mm. 
Well, they um, there was no octopus left. The oh, two of them God. slammed it down. And uh, the next day, the whole damn house smelled like fish. And, yeah, that's horrible. But yeah, that was that was a cooking that was a culinary experience in our house. So the only uh, time that octopus, octopi, plural of octopus, anyway, should be used domestically is if, uh, God forbid, there's ever a uh, a home hat trick at, at, at a Detroit Red Wings game, and that that's when that's when they throw the octopus. Like that's where they throw it, the, yep. if I remember correctly. Everywhere else, it's right. nice, clean hats, but for some reason, somebody snug- smuggles in some octopus once in a while. And it... well, my son has kind of eclectic tastes, you know? Um, well, he's from Iowa. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, we're, we're known for our octopus raising <laughs> in Iowa. <laughs> if you build the octopus right, go, farm. Go right over there to the Missouri River and fish them right out. Them <laughs> octopi, take them home. <laughs> Uh, and people breed them in the giant breeding octopi farms of Iowa. <laughs> John, how was your uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. My kids came over and brought their significant others, and uh, you know it was a nice time. Okay. Did did, did you have a more traditional uh, meal? We had turkey. Good. We had a twenty pound turkey. Holy cow! <clears throat> yeah, that's that's like that's yeah, probably the biggest turkey we've ever bought. And here's the thing. I usually take the turkey turkey carcass and I make uh, soup with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I did that just before we had this show. I finally cooked the carcass, and uh, I realized we didn't have any leftover turkey to put in the soup. So I quickly cooked some chicken thighs. So it's turkey chicken noodle soup this time. Well, that's I, that's good that you. Didn't. I don't know if people think that's some kind of bastardization of poultry. You know, cross species mingling kind of thing going on, but All, you know, it's a new new day and age we were live in where we can just mingle stuff all over the place, and it's okay. All you're missing yeah. really was the duck, and then you could have had yeah, turducken soup. I was soup. thinking same thing. I hate duck. I've never turducken. I've I've had lamb. I've had I've had lamb chops before, but I've never had duck. Um, we did. Uh, curbside thanksgiving mom and dad uh cooked everything up and went and you know, picked it up and actually picked it up most of it up on wednesday and then the the turkey <laughs> I, I grabbed uh, uh on thursday morning but uh that included a pumpkin pie which is now gone uh and then it was just uh, my wife my son and i here at the house and we had an invitation to go over to uh, uh her family's and kind of not the eleventh hour, but a couple of days before, uh, we uh, politely declined, and that turns out to be good because now they all have COVID. So, seriously, yeah. like, oh yeah. my god! So, well, I know this week it's running rampant through my customer sites here in Minnesota. So, yeah, I think we all kind of anticipated another spike, and I'm sure we'll have another one in a few weeks after Christmas and New Year's. Um, but Thursday. For the most part, it sounded like everybody uh, was good. Friday, along uh, the you know Husker Nation, not quite the positive kumbaya feeling as Nebraska dropped its sixth in a row to Iowa and is now one and four on the season, losing twenty six to twenty 
to those bastards from Iowa City. And uh, like, I'm not going to say that Nebraska deserved to win. I mean, this is the typical Nebraska-Iowa game where it's close and you know it typically comes down to really who has the ball last. And Nebraska had opportunities that they squandered. Uh, they <laughs> made the game uh, on some of their you know successful possessions. They made a, they made it a lot more difficult for themselves by bad snaps or penalties or things like that. And uh, the the cycle of continuing to shoot themselves in the foot continued. And because of it, you know they racked up another loss, and I had to hear about it from the Iowa fan in my family. So. I don't know why. Todd, you can talk it. about it. I talked about it a lot already. Well, it's just that when you're wrong, I'll cut you off and and make fun of you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, this might be for me a good thing that I'm pretty much uh, quarantined in my house. And I do not have to interact with all of the Iowa Hawkeye fans that pool around my community. Um, you know, I. I, like I said, I missed a good chunk of the game. And in fact, I missed, um, you know, a lot of the scoring. And so I really can't comment about that. But um, I did see the fourth quarter and just, I don't know, a couple of things. I was glad to see uh, Adrian Martinez got, uh, it seemed like, well, what, a, what it sounded like, he got the majority of the snaps and they also did use Luke McCaffrey. I think that that's a good combination. I'm not going to second guess the coaches in terms of when they brought McCaffrey in and that type of thing, because I didn't see the game and didn't understand the flow. Um, but I, I guess I thought that Adrian Martinez played a good game against Iowa last year. And I felt all along that he probably has more poise and, and uh, could handle the pressure a little bit better. And I, I think that that was true. What I really don't understand. And I guess the thing that all, um, in this on is, you know, the, the fact that we, we can't snap the ball. Um, and, you know, that's beating a dead horse, but I, I just don't understand it. And when a, when a team relies upon uh, pace and timing, um, unless that snaps right in the breadbasket, right in the quarterback's hands every time, it throws things off. And to me, um, I've harped since Scott Frost has been here, and I harped before that. I like to watch disciplined football. I like to watch teams that don't make mistakes, that don't shoot themselves in the foot. And uh, it's been a long time since we've seen that. And, um, you know, the penalties are come at a bad time, but, but just that sloppiness and that, that type of play just drives me nuts. So. I, I hate losing to Iowa. I, I'm one of those Nebraska fans that if we could win one game all year, it better be Iowa. Um, so that part is, is frustrating for me. I was sitting there watching that game, and I was thinking to myself, why in the hell does Scott Frost keep putting Cam Jurgens back in center when he can't execute the most basic play at the, in, in football? I mean, literally, if you can't snap the ball, you don't have an offense. And I thought to myself, John, why is Scott Frost doing this? And I know that a lot of people go, well, because he has his guys and he has his favorites and he won't change. And I, that's bullshit because he did change to Farniok for a while and he has in the past. 
<clears throat> and it occurred to me, giving Scott Frost the benefit of the doubt, being a good coach, and having done this and been in football for, well, his entire life, I thought, why why doesn't he realize we need to win a game so we can go to a bowl game? Well, we can go to a bowl game. There's no qualifications on going to a bowl game. So we can win the Big Ten West. No, we're not going to win the Big Ten West. Hell, Wisconsin doesn't even get to win the Big Ten West. There's nobody playing for anything this year. There's no fucking reason for us to be worried about football like we are. And I really came to the conclusion that this is a free year. This is, honest to God, not a set of football games to the coaches and players, but it is a set of scrimmages against live opponents. And the reason I say that is, is you've seen Scott Frost run this offense. And, and we see, like Xavier Betts, we see him a couple plays a game, and you're like, God, that guy's like lightning. And then he disappears. Marcus Fleming had a big game beginning of the season. Now he's gone from the football team for one reason or another. And I don't really care. I guess if you want to leave the football team, whatever. Uh, best of luck to you, buddy. But he's played so many different players. And he's played dual quarterbacks. And he's playing a center who can't snap the ball. Why would he do this? Because he knows it's a free year. We're all going to sit here and go, oh, my God, he's one and four. And uh, he should be fired. He's never going to make it. This is so bad. And then you think, there's literally nothing. Why? Why do we even care? I mean, we, this we're going to play Purdue this weekend, and it's probably it could be very well our last game of the year. So there you go, Todd. I saw you shake your head, you son of a bitch. Well, I I don't think you know. There's there's some of what you're saying that I agree with, but I when you watch Scott Frost, he does care. And when you look at his body language, he does care. Um, and and so, you know, while to an extent I, I can kind of buy into the idea, well, what the hell, it's a free year. Get these guys out on the field. Try it out. You know, put Cam Jurgens out there so he's got, so he has to respond under the gun. Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of get that. But, but you know what? Coaches are going to lose jobs. I'm not going to say that a Nebraska coach, and I'm not advocating for that, but coaches are losing their jobs this year. And so it's, it's more than a freebie. Um, so I guess where, you know, where I'm at, I would certainly like to see, um, <laughs> a win? Like, I'd like to see a win and I'd like to actually, I'd like to see a well-played game. I would like to see a well-played game because um, I think if they play well, they'll win. You know, what was that statistic that was out there? If, you know, on offensive series where they where they don't have a bad snap or a penalty or whatever, they're scoring 90% of the time? Yeah. That's pretty telling, if, if you ask me. And I'd like to see that. How about a whole game of that? <laughs> you know? Well, we might need it this weekend against Purdue, David Bell and Rondale Moore. Uh, Jake Plummer, Jack Plummer, not Jake Plummer, Jack Plummer, the quarterback. I mean, Purdue's capable of scoring 40 points if we're not, if we don't have our shit together. So we can go into that a little bit more in a little bit. Do you think uh, Michigan should fire Jim Harbaugh? No. Texas should fire Tom Herman? Possibly. 
I think I think if you're firing a coach this year, you already made your mind up to fire him last year. Well, I think, I think you, the two examples that you threw out there, I think that um, Herman came into this year with a lot more questions than Harbaugh. I don't think people saw who predicted that Michigan was going to have, you know, what, what are they, two and five? Nobody predicted that. Um, I think that uh, I think people were skeptical of what Texas may be. Uh, you know, so I, I, I think that I think Herman was on the hot seat coming in. And Texas, Texas absolutely believes that they're going to pony up all that booster money and they're going to get Urban Meyer will be the next to be their next coach. You know, that's that's what they believe. <laughs> I could go into some Nebraska, Texas stuff here, but I'm going to leave it alone for now. That's the offseason stuff we'll bring up, if I remember, with my old crusty mind. What else you got, Greg? We didn't just lose the game. Uh, we lost two players and a commit. Uh, mentioned Marcus Fleming, uh, Ronald Delancey uh, Jr., Lardarius Webb the third, all. I'm sorry, Ronald Delancey the third, and uh, Lardarius Webb Jr. I, I guess if I'm getting those uh, accurate. <laughs> and and I don't know. I, I've heard things, but that's all it is is hearsay. I don't know the reason that the two guys left. You know who were on campus. I have, you know, opinions and ideas of why the the commit, you know, decommitted or reopened his his uh, recruitment. Um, you're able to overlook a lot of stuff if you're winning on the field, and when you're not winning on the field, uh, the microscope really zooms in on some of the off the field stuff. Be it you know what I whatever I heard was accurate or inaccurate and then when you're not winning it's difficult to you know I, I'm surprised that we, we've been able to there we like I had a part I'm surprised that Scott Frost and, and uh, his you know uh, coaches have have been able to bring in some of the talent that they've brought in because there's not the track record to of success to say yeah this thing's headed in the right direction um, I'm glad that they have and and I've got you know I've, I still maintain confidence that Everything will sort itself out and, you know, it, but, you know, it, it, I've said it before. I'm not going to get worked up over a, a kid that leaves the program. I'm not going to get worked up about a kid that decommits. Uh, they're all young men who have to do what they feel is in their best personal interest, whether we agree with it or not. And we'll move on and find somebody that wants to be there. That's where I'm at. You realize if, if we don't lose some of these people, we're going to have like a roster of 283 people next year. You know what I mean? I don't know how they're going to manage that. They keep bringing people in, and they're like, okay, we got walk-ons, and we got a whole recruiting class. And they're like, nobody left. It was a free year. Everybody gets their eligibility. How are you going to feed these people, for God's sakes? And they're going to they let a lot. lot. They're football players. And they're going to let a lot of the scholarship seniors go. You think so? I think so. Well, we don't have that many. Well, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can see where they go. Okay, son, you're no longer playing football. Here's an academic scholarship. In fact, we'll pay for your masters if you want to stay here that long because they have done that. But uh, I, I guess I'm not. And, and then there's know. the there's the notion, or I'm not going to say the rumor. I'm not going to say 
uh, Mackenzie Milton, uh, Central Florida, has entered the transfer pool. And he was, you know, very successful with Scott Frost in, uh, in Orlando. And so, of course, as soon as he entered, you know, the, the memes and everything else started popping up about, you know, Scott Frost and company salivating over, over him. But he's missed what the last two seasons because of injury or something like that. And he's, you know, got, you know, glass in his knees. And, and I don't mean that as an insult. The kid was, you know, highly talented, but, but, uh, you take some, you know, big shots to your knees and, and, uh, and you're not, I don't think you're ever quite the same, but is there any room for Mackenzie Milton in Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, we already oh, had, I... we already had his backup here and we, we, uh, kicked him out in two years or, or, or he left after two years, Noah Vedral, you know, so I, I go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, I read someone, com, you know, saying, well, Alex Smith came back from this horrendous injury. Um, so why can't McKenzie Melton? Well, first of all, I, th- I think that's a ridiculous comparison because, you know, Alex Smith, holy crap, you know, that just doesn't happen. Plus, Alex Smith had you know they they put him in uh military hospitals you know and they were treating him as if he were a blast survivor um you know not just an athlete Uh, i don't know that mckenzie milton has had that kind of medical attention i I think the chances that mckenzie milton is gonna uh, recover to the extent that he can run an offense like he did in Scott Frost's miracle year down at Central Florida, I think they're slim and none. I think it would be foolish um, for him to come to Nebraska. Um, you know, there are pre- there are probably uh, other programs out there um, that you know are, are where, where he could perhaps step in with little competition and play, but I. I would be shocked. I, this is not Joe Burrow, um, you know, coming, you know, you know, leaving Ohio State and looking for a place to play. I, I just, I don't believe that. I, I wish Mackenzie Milton all the best. He was a hell of a quarterback to watch. A lot of fun to watch. I just don't think that physically he's going to, he's going to rebound like some people think. But what if he is Joe Burrow? What if? He goes to another place and he throws for 83,000 yards and 68 touchdowns with one interception. And everybody in the planet goes, Scott Frost could have had that quarterback, but he turned him down in favor of Adrian Martinez and that other guy that's really skinny and looks 13 years old. <laughs> that's what's going to happen if he doesn't come here. But if he does come here, everybody will go, Ooh, there's a quarterback controversy. What is he going to start over Adrian? Is he going to start over Luke? What about Logan's mother's drama? By God, just that guy entering his name in the portal. It's drama. God, is beautiful. It's keeping radio shows alive right now. Scott Frost, needs to Nebraska. Buy, Scott Frost needs to buy that kid an airline ticket back to Hawaii. Send him <laughs> home. Play for the rainbows. Enjoy paradise. 
Just think he could walk off the field. Tell Adrian Martinez could walk off the field and McKenzie could be there to say, here's what you did wrong, Adrian. And he'd be a mentor. Wasn't that Noah Vedral? <laughs> yeah, that guy wanted to play. He went to Rutgers. And maybe Rutgers needs a quarterback next year. Bum, bum, I bum. Think Rutgers needs... <laughs> Not, okay. Well. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see where Mr. Milton ends up. And I, you know, I, his injury was particularly brutal and horrifying. And, you know, you kind of look at a kid and you go, oh my God, you had like, you know, a really good thing going in your life in front of you to do this stuff. And it's all in an instant, it just explodes. So I guess that's, you know, football, the game we love. Doesn't always love us back, does it, John? No. Maybe that's what we, we feel maybe terrible for him, you know. I think that's what honestly that's what Husker fans need. If you could if you could embody Husker fans in one person and embody football in another person, what they need is to get together for marriage counseling. <laughs> yeah. Because football is the abusive spouse and Husker fans are are the abused, the victim, and they just keep coming back for more abuse. I, I thought that's what I was doing with this podcast counseling. Yeah. For free. But you're you're so singularly focused on yourself, John, because you're egocentric. Uh Me? <laughs> I'm a giver. <laughs> <coughs> I give so much. There's nothing left for me, Greg. There's no color left in your hair. That's for sure. Hey, this is a beautiful silver color. I know. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> Women on the bus just walk up and run their fingers through my hair. I hope they don't Except during I COVID never. times. That's you know. That's why, that's why we're in the middle of a pandemic, and it'll never go away because the women on the bus love running their fingers through your silky, silvery hair. Is that, John, is that the bus to Ho-Chunk where you play the penny slots? <laughs> I haven't been on a freaking bus in years. But if I was, there you go. We're what else we got, Greg? Well, we're going to take a quick timeout. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the Big Ten being as flexible as they care to be, perhaps, uh, for the front runner and national champion favorite, at least out of the, the Big Ten Conference, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So stay tuned because that conversation is coming up after the break. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, John Johnston, Todd Wolverton. And uh, we are doing this via Zoom with video. And so sometimes I feel bad for Todd because a lot of times I flip off the camera. And it's always only meant for John and not for Todd. So, Todd, I apologize. I know what your intent is. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, so the topic has come up. There has been. <laughs> That's for both of you. I just, I'm a, when I flip things off, it's a shotgun approach, scattergun. You is going to everybody around me. If it applies, it's. <laughs> Folks, no, I, I just, I don't care if little kids see it. You're like, God, fucking grow up. You little shit ass. 
folks, the I, world's I, a dark, <laughs> sick place. Get used to it. I, I hope, I wish our viewer or our listeners could, uh, uh, ever just, John, will you just sometime put up on, uh, on YouTube a video of you just flipping people off? Because I feel like you lack the manual dexterity to, to uh, hold your hand still. And so you, you, it's like you're holding a cane in your left hand and in your right hand, you're flipping people off, but it's very flimsy and motiony. Um, just not flimsy. It's with your tent. I flip people off like Jackie Chan throws his fists. Those are very entertaining fists. Say, moving on. Uh, <laughs> is, is the Big Ten Conference trying to manipulate the schedule to make sure that Ohio State has enough games to make it to the conference championship game and to, to therefore potentially the college football playoff? Sure seems that way, especially with the, the fact that Michigan Wolverines may not be able to play in the game. Uh, we all remember earlier this week there was the, I guess I believe it was the first uh, college football playoff you know, selection, not selection show, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the discussion show and Kirk Herbstreit made some inflammatory remarks that, uh, cost him another three and a half minutes of his life to go on Twitter to explain that they weren't really inflammatory. And he was not saying anything about any team deciding to opt out of games, uh, due to COVID because they just didn't want to be embarrassed on the field. Um, <laughs> While, you know, of course, he's the alum uh, of Ohio State. His son plays at Clemson, at least one of them, and they recently had a, a last-minute opt-out against Florida State. And just, uh, again, these are uncertain times. We've been hearing that for nine months now. Remember, nine months, uh, we are in our ninth month of two weeks to flatten the curve. Never mind. That's a different topic for another show. Um is the Big Ten, back to the question, <laughs> is the Big Ten manipulating the schedule so that Ohio State can have the required games uh, to go to Indianapolis and play in the Big Ten Conference Championship? We'll start with you, John. Oh, sure, you did. <clears throat> you know, first of all, I, I, let's get into the Kirk Herbstreit thing. I, I like Kirk Herbstreit. I mean, oh, when I say that, I mean I don't hate him. Uh <clears throat> I know that a lot of people don't like the, the Herb Street because of the comments he made about some online poll about Nebraska. You know, when you watch TV, you realize that uh, people have to take opposite sides. Otherwise, it gets boring. I've never hold that against Herb Street. I think he's a pretty professional guy. But watching that video of him saying, I'm not going to suggest that Michigan is going to do this. But here's a suggestion that Michigan is going to do this. You know, it was really dipshitted it was really stupid and you know it just added to the stupidity of the year maybe you could say there's so much stupider going around that it's like he got infected with dumb and he made those comments but you know and then they go into this stuff well coaches are opting out of games to play okay whatever you know if you i i've always thought if you make those accusations against people it says more about you as a person than it does about the people you're accusing of things. You know, then you got Dabo Sweeney going off on Florida State, that shithead. Hmm. I, you know, you got Adam Rittenberg, who writes for ESPN. Haven't, haven't we already decided comment, that that Adam Rittenberg's kind of a, a self-righteous jackass? Well, he's a writer, you know. I think people, they... Yeah. And on top of that, he he's a Northwestern alum, right? So we, we definitely don't like him. 
It's okay. We cannot. We we can like him. I just think his comment was stupid. I notice you've yet you know, to have you, him you on your podcast. Should help your team get to the playoff. The playoff that doesn't really matter this year. Even though, even though, here's here's how this year works. I said earlier, it's a glorified scrimmage. If your team's doing this well this year, you're going to claim it. Indiana's had more success this year than they've had in I, almost my lifetime. Are they going to claim that? Yeah, they and they should because they're enjoying it and they're having fun. You know, for 90% of the teams out there, this has been a shit show. The team that's going to come out the highest on this is Alabama. And what they're going to do is they're going to claim a national title. And then they're going to claim <laughs> 10 of them because they're going to go, well, it felt like a decade. So we just gave ourselves 10 more national titles. And now we have 32, even though 68 of them are made up. Wait, we have 68 national titles. Because that's what fucking Alabama does, you know? God bless you, What were we talking about? We were talking about whether the Big Ten – I think the Big Ten should kind of help Ohio State. Honestly, if we we could play Ohio State three more times, I'd say let's go play Ohio State three more times. It'd be kind of be boring. We'd probably get our asses kicked. But it's football. You know what it is? It's you playing against one of the best teams in the nation and teaching Cam Jurgens how to snap the ball against guys that are going to be in the NFL. And then at the end of that, if you say, you know what, Cam, I don't think you're going to be a center next year. You're going to be a guard. We're going to find another guy to play center. Then that's a worthy bunch of scrimmages. As far as as far as far finding Ohio State opponents, you know, they should have had more flexibility. I think that uh, the Big Ten presidents who did this, I don't know what the total population count is of students of the Big Ten but I'm pretty sure, just slightly, that it's more than their student athlete is, and certainly more than football, just a little bit. So they probably were concerned about those people more than they were their football team. Having said that, they did sit on their fucking asses for like five or six months when they could have come up with plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, and they keep going like an Excel spreadsheet. You ever done that? You just take the spreadsheet out there and it goes on forever with rows and columns and Oh my God, that's terrible. It's no, and you're not wrong. And and you're right. They sat on their hands for way too long when by, I mean, after spring practices were canceled, uh, you know, and, and, and no spring game and not just, obviously not just Nebraska. I think Nebraska was what, two practices in or maybe three when uh, they, they halted all activities. Then they should have started, you know, formulating a plan. Okay, if this thing goes till July, we should be okay. You know, if this thing goes till September, what do we do? If it goes till November, but you know, have have some type of and, and again, nobody's got a crystal ball, but you have some plans in place. And I'm reminded, I, I was speaking with a coworker, uh, and again, this is not it's not the NCAA, it's not Big Ten, it's not you know any large you know Division One institution. It's a small town grade school whose you know the school board didn't discuss any plans until August. Like they didn't sit down and formulate a plan. They didn't meet over zoom. They just figured that if they stuck their head in the sand, everything would go away and then they'd be all be able to go back to school as usual. And I feel like that's what the, the decision makers, the rollers and shakers uh, did in the big 10 and to the point where, you know, first they announced that the season was going to be, postponed and then after much 
you know, backlash and, and derision, they they backed off of that. And then you had to force nine games into nine weeks. And that just seemed, in again, in these... I can't believe I'm going to say this stupid fucking phrase again. In these <laughs> uncertain times, that's pretty unreasonable. I uh, thought you were going to say unprecedented. Yeah, I've, I've been sticking with uncertain. Um, it, it's just, they, they had, like, like, like you said, John, they, they could have had, you know, three plans. Hell, I would have been happy if they had one plan, you know, and, and they had no plans. It's, uh, it's like in the first, uh, I can't believe I'm going to pull this reference out in the first Austin Powers movie when, uh, Dr. Evil is meeting his, or, or is, is working on, on a plan and he's talking to his son, Scott, played by Seth Green. He's a, uh, uh, preparation is, uh, Preparations A through G were a, a massive failure, so we're on to Preparation H. And Scott says, you mean Operation Ass Cream, you ass. <laughs> and I feel like that's where we are with the Big Ten. You know, I, if, if Ohio State doesn't qualify because they don't get enough games in, do you think that the presidents and the chancellors really give a rat's ass? other than perhaps Ohio State's. Um, you know, and, and I think that that has become, you know, indicative of this conference. And I think that it just goes to show uh, how important of a figure uh, Jim Delaney was in, in the Big Ten. Um, I guess, you know, the question is, should the Big Ten – uh, be flexible and be willing to manipulate the schedule so that Ohio State can get enough games in. And I would, I would say yes. Uh, you know, and, and I know that hypotheticals are just hypotheticals, but I would hate if, um, you know, in that last game of the season, Nebraska is scheduled to play Minnesota. I would hate if the, the powers that be would, would approach Nebraska and say, Hey, Ohio state needs a game. Would you be willing to drop your Minnesota game and play Ohio state? You know, I, I that, I think that would be bullshit. Um, oh, I do too. Yeah. In that could, case, yes. Could, could that happen? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I think, that, I think there's a great, great possibility that Minnesota is going to be too full of COVID to play that game. Anyway. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think I, boy, in, in two weeks, who, who knows? Um, but, you know, something else that occurred to me, and I understand that, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska is not nearly the population center that every other uh, uh, Big Ten school sits in, with the possible exception of Iowa City. Um, did Nebraska do that much more to keep their student-athletes safe? Did Nebraska put more resources towards the mitigation and all of that stuff? Um, did they take it more serious? Uh, because, you know, it seems to me that in some of the, on some of these other campuses, I mean, how many times is this crap going to go through Michigan State? Um, you know, did, did, did some of the other colleges and universities just basically say the hell with it? Um, I don't know. Those are great questions, Todd. And, and I'll be honest with you. I wish you would have asked those questions in about two or three weeks, you know, when the season was done. And I'll tell you why. 
because uh, I, I wanted to mention this for a few weeks now, and at the risk of jinxing, you know the the good luck yeah. that Nebraska's had, I didn't. But since you brought it up, I feel like after Ohio State, we'll, we'll go we'll be on that. When when we lost to Ohio State, didn't play Wisconsin, lost to Northwestern the way we did. And and the the lack of success we had against Illinois and Iowa, I just like you know what, I'm I'm moving the goalposts back a little bit, and it's not it's no longer you know Nebraska fought for the season. Illinois, you know their Illinois football or Fighting Illini Twitter or whatever made the comment, hey uh, Nebraska, thanks for bringing Big Ten football back, you know whatever right after they beat us, and Nebraska was the you know Scott Frost, Bill Moose, and, and uh, you know. Uh, whoever else was in the upper echelon of Nebraska decision-making uh, fought the hardest for Big Ten football to come back. And they said, you know, we can play, we can play safely, and we want to compete. Well, now they get to compete, and it seems like they're doing it safely. So I feel like even if, God forbid, they're 1-6 or 2-7, and seven, you know, after the crossover game, if that still if, – if they play the, the next three games like they're supposed to – if they're able to stay healthy, I feel like Nebraska will still be able to come out and say, "We told you we could do it." You know, we 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 kept our kids safe. Uh, you know, and, and by doing so, we kept other teams safe. We don't know what happened in East Lansing. We don't know what happened. Uh, you know, wherever else there, Minnesota maybe or, or Wisconsin. I know. Um, you know, we were able to. You know, they. By fighting as hard as they did to compete with the lack of success, maybe they were able to change the definition of what success was just by keeping the kids healthy, the program healthy. You know, you you have to mention the University of Nebraska Medical Center here because you asked, were they that much better? And I'd say that, uh, you know, there's a place in Omaha, UNMC, that now is the, the forefront of the world for knowing how to deal with this stuff. And they put themselves on the map because they knew what they were doing. If I remember correctly, <clears throat> excuse me, the first people from China that came out of the out of China with this COVID stuff were flown to Omaha. They were. And, they were. and because the people in Omaha knew how to deal with it, you know, and you kind of looked at it at the time going, holy shit, what are they doing? Well, it's because they know what they're fucking doing. So, you know, all you goddamn uppity motherfuckers from the rest of the Big Ten that look down on us like we're a bunch of hicks can all kiss my extremely pale white native Nebraskan ass. Well, Guys, I, there you go. I tell you what, I, I think that it, it would be great to see Ohio State go on and have success in the playoffs because – I think that there would be, and, and, you know, I, I don't care about public opinion as much as some people do, but um, if Ohio state has success, that should reflect positively on the effort that the university of Nebraska made. Um, and, and Ohio state will acknowledge that Ohio state will recognize that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, if, if Minnesota can't play, if all if Michigan can't play and Ohio State needs a game, then come on to Lincoln, boys. Fly to Lincoln. Yeah. Let's strap it up and uh and let's play. I'd be all for that. 
I think they should have just go ahead and have an all SEC college football playoff so we can start this fucking civil war. Everybody's so anxious to get going because we're bored. It'll be the ACC playoff. Yeah, because you know, Clemson, leave them out of it. I just pissed Dabo off. No, you don't get to join Dabo, you little shit ass. We got Notre Dame in there. Notre Dame. I'd rather rather see Notre Dame in than Alabama anyway. (laughs) I don't want Notre Dame in the playoff. My rotten son has decided he's wearing a Notre Dame hoodie all over the place. They're his team this year because his team sucks. Fuck Notre Dame. (laughs) Turncoat, son of a bitch. Well, John, who do you really, you know, in your crystal ball, who do you see the four teams in the playoff? It, I mean, there are so many variables that you can't. A- Alabama, Alabama, and then Alabama. And after that, Ohio State. <laughs> I don't know who's number one, Clemson? Isn't Nobody's going to beat them. Alabama's, Isn't Al- Alabama's number one. Okay, what well, Alabama, Clemson? It always comes down to those two fucking assholes, and then uh, you know Notre Dame's up there in Ohio State. I mean, that'd be interesting. It'd be four different, at least four different conferences, kind of. And I guess if the ACC wants to claim Notre Dame this year, what the hell? Well, you got Cinderella, you know, not that far away. Cincinnati who is now number nine in the playoff rankings. I think for just one season, they should expand it and let everybody be in it. <laughs> everybody that wants to play, go get into a playoff game. And we just take like, I, you know what we do? We take all of the athletic directors and we have them come to a big meeting. Well, we can't do that, I guess. We take them all and they have to mail like a key to a big meeting. And then some guy stands up and pulls a key out of it and goes, Oh, look, Alabama, you're matched with Liberty. And then those two go home together. It'd be like the the swingers college football playoff. And everybody gets to take part in it. And it's just a big, giant orgy of college football. And they just make so much money. All the athletic departments will go, God bless you for coming up with this idea, John Johnston. And then uh, everybody's athletic departments would be saved and they wouldn't cut swimming. Yes, they would because they're fuckheads. And then the group of five people that even got into the playoff would go, can we do this every year? And we'd smack them back down like the little shit-ass fuckers they are. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what. I, you know, I have my loyalties to the Cyclones, too. And um, they're having the greatest season they've ever had in, in these times. And I, I do kind of feel bad for the, for the loyal Iowa Staters who have not been able to, you know uh, – hang out, you know, be at those games and enjoy, you know, this ride because it may never, ever happen again for the Iowa State Cyclones. Um, and, you know, they play West Virginia this week, and who knows? If they don't piss it down their legs, uh, they'll get into the playoff, uh, Big 12 playoff, and, and probably play Oklahoma. Um, boy, wouldn't that be something if they could get Oklahoma twice in the same year? Um, then how do, you keep, how do you keep Iowa State out of the playoff? You're going to hold – Hold a loss to you know Louisiana against them. I suppose you do. You, you're gonna you can't keep them out of the playoffs because people like Adam Rittenberg and they have this this mentality that it should be Clemson, Alabama, and maybe Ohio State. Yeah. They just have their teams. They're already there. They're the worthy ones. 
I don't mean to pick on Adam Rittenberg. I don't know him that well. But, you know, yeah. his name just popped up there. But I, I do think that there's a bunch of media people and sports writers that just say, well, these are the these are the anointed ones and anybody else just doesn't belong. I'd rather well, see that. Indiana in than Alabama. Such is my disdain for Alabama or any team in the SEC that I think I would rather watch the Anchorage, Alaska College for the Blind in the college football playoffs than Alabama. That's just jealousy. You're just jealous of how good they are. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't. The, the, they have 68 national titles, Greg. Yeah, but 12 of them are real. No, it's it, it's less about the team. It's more about the coaches, and then Alabama fans are the worst. <laughs> Alabama fans are so obnoxious. <laughs> I would think that this season there's a lot of people would say, "My God, what the fuck, those Nebraska fans!" Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I, my, I know there's some national pundits that are really tired of us, but my, you know, whatever, fuck them. My disdain for various uh, sports teams has less to do with the team itself and more for their fan base. That's why I hate the Cubs. Oh, I agree. I hate the Patriots. I hate the Red, uh, Red Sox. Um, I hate the Lakers. Uh, I, obviously, I, I have to hate the Blackhawks because I'm a Blues fan. Um, yeah, just, you know, just, just shut up. So much hate, Greg. I'm a I'm a lover of people. I've heard that about you, John. You're a lover of people. <laughs> uh, while I while I was away thro- uh, throwing my son back in his bed, uh, did we, have, have we we haven't touched on Nebraska ball yet, have we? Nope. Okay. Uh, I don't know much about Nebraska ball except they won a game or two, and uh, they lost a game or two, depending on when you hear One. this game. Well, depending on when they hear this podcast, they might have lost the second one. I don't know. Uh, however, I can tell you that if you're listening to this podcast on December 4th, 2020, uh, before noon or even before dinner time, uh, you have a Coronation basketball podcast to listen to later this evening of Bangerangs and Daggers has a new episode, and you can also check it out uh, on YouTube as well as wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast. So, uh, you can check it out on YouTube later as well. Um, so that's a, the only Nebraska ball news that I have. Um, before we, um, well, I watched. I watched games. So close. Uh, okay. I have a, incredible insight. Okay. Yes, we we bat- have we have five players now. We have five actual basketball players running up and down the court at a time. Yeah. Every time they put five of us on the court now, they can actually all five play basketball. It's pretty amazing. And I think I said this uh, last week. I don't care if, if just give us four and one fella named Thor, Thorny Arbinson, and I'm happy. Well, you guys should watch because we got this guy named Lat, and every time he shoots, I actually expect the ball to go in. <laughs> when did you ever think that about Nebraska basketball? I mean, he shoots from like, you know, downtown. And you're like, that's going in. And most of the time it does. It's kind of neat. And then we have a guy that's named Delano Banton that's like seven feet tall, and he's a guard. And it is so – I mean, think about all the guards that have played for the Nebraska in the last, I don't know, 20 years that I can think of ever in my life. 
I mean, they've been relatively short, you know, not me as short, but for a basketball player, they've been little guys. And now we have this long, stringy, tall guy playing guard. And it's just kind of weird to watch. And he looks like he's a pretty decent player, except that I wonder what's going to happen to him in the Big Ten when he needs another 30 pounds on him. But what, yes, was, it, was it Rivals or 247 or what uh, scouting service uh, had him in like a, the top five as far as you know transfer players this year? Like impact transfer yes, players. It was, yes, it was somebody. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I believe he's Canadian as well. So, Teddy Allen looks like a guy that beat the shit out of you in an alley and then scored twenty points on you in three minutes. And it's kind of cool. He just—he's an odd guy because he doesn't look like he should be able to play basketball as well as he does, and then he just scores and steals the ball, and it's kind of cool. That's what they say about me when I was playing basketball. They say that guy doesn't look like he should be able to play basketball, and you know what? They were right. <laughs> uh, any, any anything? I'd more? have been damn good at basketball if they'd allowed downfield blocking sons of bitches anyway. <laughs> uh, my crowning achievement in my last year of basketball, which was freshman year of high school, uh, was a flagrant foul. Somebody. Yeah, guy guy went the other way, like stole a pass or something, and uh, I ran down the court and I just kind of shoved him from behind. Wow, Greg, that's well. I, I mean, I did it on purpose, but I, I I didn't try to hurt him. My best play was when they got past me. I kicked their ankles together. <laughs> <laughs> guy go flying, land on his knees. There's a foul. Yeah, son of a bitch, ain't gonna do that again. <laughs> Otherwise, his knees are gonna be hurting. By the end of the night. And Todd, I get the impression Todd was a wrestler in high school. Uh, basketball is that recreational activity that non-athletes get to play in the wintertime. I thought that was bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Bowling's where it's at, let me tell you. you oh, can, yeah, bowling. If, 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 you can, if you can have a ball in one hand and a cheeseburger in the other, that is a sport. You know, my, my closest uh, connection to basketball, oh, I guess my daughter played. Um, when my wife was in college at, at Iowa State, she used to referee intramural basketball. And uh, she's barely five foot tall and weighed probably 100 pounds. And uh, she refereed, and, and they always put her in the top legs. And uh, so she played, she, she refereed those games with a bunch of fellas that thought they ought to be college players, you know, that um, think that they're pretty damn special. And she just, she just ripped their asses with fouls. And uh, none of them, none of them could, uh, could argue with this little five foot girl that was ringing them up. And if any of them did, she'd give them one chance. And after the other one, She'd tee him up and hit him again, and they were done. <laughs> and he married that, Greg. Yeah. F you. <laughs> no wonder he's all, like, you know, scarred inside. I know. Oh. <laughs> Todd, how, how, it, this is a safe place. We've already established this is John's of free therapy. Uh, how many times ha have has she blown the whistle and given you a technical foul? Today? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, the one thing I don't think we've talked about yet, the Purdue football game tomorrow. Oh, the, the, foot, the actual football game. Yeah. Um, John, you were able to collect some insight. I don't know how quality it was. No, it's always quality. You, I believe you called whimsical or something like that. Uh, Travis Miller from Hammer and Rails, uh, our, our good buddy over there. Uh, what, what, if you can, fantastic, uh, episode, by the way. I encourage everybody to go back in the archives and find it or find it on youtube.com. Uh, just, uh, search for coordination. Hit that subscribe button as well. Uh, but what, if you can abridge everything that Travis said into about 20 seconds, what, what do we have to look forward to against the, the Boilermakers? If they're going to score 40 points and we better be able to score against them. Otherwise, we're going to lose. Okay. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, they have two. David Bell is uh, he's an NFL receiver, and everybody knows who Rondale Moore is. But those two guys could easily start at Nebraska and be on the field for every play of the game. Well, why aren't they? Again, everybody knows who Rondale Moore is. Uh, I think their offense is going to be, you know, we need to play defense like we did against Iowa, and we played pretty decent defense against Iowa. Uh, hopefully they're – hopefully – we're playing against the Bob Diaco charge defense, and we'll just score up and down the field every time we get the ball, and then we'll get the ball back and score some more. So if they score 40, we score 52. Is that your uh, prediction? No, okay. we're not there yet. I mean, we're pretty much I mean, there. they do have uh, – who do they have? They, they're George – oh, shit. I'm going to screw this name up. Who, who is it? George Carfolitis? He was like an all-American defensive end. He won't be playing because of COVID. So honestly, the, you hate to see that, but that's a big mark for Nebraska because he was a, a, a sacking, rushing fiend. And then you got Lorenzo Meal, Lorenzo Meal, Jesus, Lorenzo Neal in the middle of the line. He's an NFL uh, defensive tackle, you know, in the making. So see, and I thought know, he was. I thought I thought he was supposed people. to graduate last year. Well, he's there. Well, I, I, he's yeah, I agree, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he finished his senior season with 33 tackles and four sacks last year. Oh, come on. Isn't the Lorenzo Neal back? My no, God. He, he, oh, he's, no, I think he's fifth year. He's fifth year. Okay. Well, who's what? He's fifth year. Hmm? He fifth did, year senior. Yeah. Uh, 2019, he was co team co captain, but did not play. So he probably got that medical redshirt going on. Right. Hmm. All right. I don't have to like it. Just, you know, I don't have to like the fact that he's there. I don't want him there. I remember what he did to us two years ago. It was not pleasant. It was not fun. George Kalaftis. That's the dude. I'm pretty sure he's out with COVID. But I I think Purdue should be... uh, you know, I, let's see what we can do. It'd be nice to get a win because we should be capable of scoring on Purdue and beating Purdue uh, if we play the kind of game that Todd would like to see us play where we minimize mistakes and score every time because we don't make mistakes on offense. I like that. Todd? Yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, <laughs> you know... Here's Nebraska's going to win this game, and um, I'm not. I, I don't know that I'm going to go out. My prediction is 31-21 because that's the one I've used every every time I predict. 
So how's that working um, out for you so far? Not very good. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but this is, this is why I'm confident. Um, I know a person who is an associate client consultant at Cottingham and Butler in Dubuque. And her name is Reagan Wolverton Johnson. And there is an executive vice president at Cottingham and Butler in Dubuque. And his name is Bradley Plummer. Bradley Plummer is Jack Plummer's dad. Oh, goodness. And so Reagan is going to do everything in her power to contract COVID and pass it on to Bradley Plummer and hope that Bradley Plummer then has physical contact with Jack Plummer prior to the game so that that renders him unable to have a successful game. So Nebraska wins because Jack Plummer will not be affected. Okay, I like it. Also, talk about taking one for the team. Yeah. 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 Tell uh, tell, tell Reagan we appreciate her sacrifice. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, John? Yes? Time for your prediction. I'm sorry, I'm playing with my hair. Look at my hair. I look like Mel Kuyper right now, kind of like a, a deranged Mel Kuyper. Yes. You know, the penis em- head hair going on. The, <laughs> Emphasis on the My head looks deranged. like a giant penis, <clears throat> just like Mel Kuyper. Anyway, uh, prediction for Purdue. Let's see. <laughs> I just played with myself on a podcast and talked about it. Yeehaw. Anyway, Come on, uh, Purdue, well, hell, let's go with 52 to 40 because it is going to be a high-scoring game. There's going to be passes thrown all over the field and caught by people that were thrown to. That'll be something different for Nebraska. Although Adrian Martinez did go 18 to 20 last week. Let's, let's see if this week he can go 18 to 20 for like, I don't know, 500 yards would be nice. Yeah. Rather Instead than of like on these eight yard passes, 18 for 20 for a total of 18 yards. If I had to do a real prediction, it'd be more like, well, 52 to 40. Shit. Why not? Let's just stick with that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play those a lot of numbers. I appreciate both of your input collectively. I say Nebraska is going to make less mistakes and pull out a victory. I'm going to go 30, I'm going to go 30, 24. You really thought about that. Are you injured? I always think about the score. I'm never right. I mean, I'm never right, but I always think about the score. And that's okay, John. It's okay to use your brain once in a while. Well, things just appear in my head, Greg, just like little butterflies flying around. And I just snatch them out of the air. And they go right into my brain and right up my mouth. My uh, uh, Speaking of John's brain, uh, my wife asked me what I wanted for Christmas this year. And I said, you're going to laugh. And she said, why? I said, well, I want some books. And she said, well, you haven't read the books that I got you last year for Christmas. I said, let's not get started on, you know, unused Christmas presents, uh, honey. Um, but uh, one of the books on my list is uh, Ben Dead, I've Never Been to Europe by John Johnston. 
And uh, John, I'd like you to remind the good listeners who are, uh, you know, thinking about uh, gift giving season, uh, where exactly can they find? Uh, I've been dead. I've never been to Europe by John Johnston. Well, it's just been dead, never been to Europe because, you know, I'm real. You can find it on Amazon right now. I wish they could find it other places. But when you're self-publishing, there's so many different things you're supposed to pick and not pick as like choices that when you say pick these things at Amazon and then you don't realize they exclude every other fucking <laughs> distributor in the world. You don't, I, nobody told me not to click that button. So right now, Ben dad, never been to Europe is at Amazon and it's going to be at Amazon for like till February because that's how it goes. Also, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed that the author is John Johnston and not John damn Johnston. I feel like that would have been more a more accurate portrayal of of the the person who did the writing. It's kind of a family book. There's no swearing in it at all. Well, one time I think I you know what I'll be honest with you. I wrote so many things in this book and took them out in editing. And my developmental editor said, "No, you got to take this, 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 and out." I don't know what's in the book anymore and what isn't. I mean, that's an honest statement. There are so many stories that I put into the book that were pulled back out of it that, you know, that, I do know that I, I I did say to my car, cardiologist once that he could take his fucking patients and shove it up his ass. And that that line is in there because that's actually a real line I said to my cardiologist because I was tired of him saying to me, you know, actually, we had this conversation once and I, I kept asking him, you know, why does my head hurt so much? Why do I have these terrible headaches? Why is my body not work the way I want it to and stuff like this? And he got exasperated with me. And I love him. Lou Cole, he's a, he's a fabulous human being. He's a great doctor. And we just, we established rapport. And he looked at me and he goes, I don't know, John, maybe because you were dead for a while. And I thought, <laughs> wow, that's a hell of a line there, buddy. And that's when I said, you know, I'm tired of the take your patience and shove it up your fucking ass or something like that. I'm particularly That's excited it. for uh, the audio version of the book where John <laughs> reads the book for the first time and remembers everything that is in the book and everything that's not in the book. Should be touching, heartwarming, and uh, a tearjerker uh, for sure. So be looking for the audiobook sometime between now and the next time John dies. <laughs> well, Did I, let's hope. I, 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 I hope that sounded joking and not like... I hope it's soon. I, John, I hope you live forever. No, God. Only if we're, if we're like Alabama successful, maybe. All right. All right. <laughs> John, I hope you live long enough to at least finish the audiobook. Okay. Well, somewhere in between there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to get out of this mess I've put myself in. Um, it's okay. It's okay. At least we just, we just, you know what? Tomorrow's another day and you just make it through that, Greg. And it, it's like, honestly, if you go back to the beginning of this year, Luke McCaffrey was the, had the best line of any, anything anybody in the entire fucking nation has said this year when he said, it's a blessing just to be on the field. You know, that is so prophetic that I love that kid, even if he's only 13 years old and playing college quarterback. <laughs> He's going to get broken in half like it someday, too, uh, the way his yeah. running style. All right. Uh, so, 
check out John's book. Uh, check out Todd's book that he's working on. We're pretty sure because we're all writing a book somewhere. Uh, make sure you subscribe to uh, Coordination on YouTube and, uh, you know, subscribe and get uh, not just the five heart podcast, but all the secondary podcasts as well, uh, on all of your favorite podcast, uh, apps. And, uh, that's a little running joke between me and the bangs and dags guys. Uh, so, uh, we remind you this week and every week. Uh, wait, hold on. For Todd Wolverton, for John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahochko, and we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Oh, big red!